Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, good morning. Well, find your notes, as we always ask you to do. We're in a series we've entitled Inside Out. We're taking it from Acts chapter 13, verse 22, where the writer and Paul is speaking, Luke is recording, God removed Saul, replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. The heart. If your heart is right, he will do everything I want him to do. What starts on the inside is shown on the outside. It begins with the heart. We do everything God wants us to do. We've looked at different aspects of David's life or what made him that. Today, what we're going to look at is his relationship with Jonathan, dedicated friends. He was a, those two had a bond unlike any other. And First Samuel 18.1, David had finished talking with Saul. He met Jonathan, the king's son. There was immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. Just a great relationship. So we're going to talk today, what does it mean to be a friend? If you want to have friends, you got to be a friend, right? So we're going to start from the beginning. What does it mean to be a friend? First of all, a friend is steadfast steadfast. It's not an up and down thing. It's not a once in a while thing. It's a continual thing that you keep doing. Now, under this, we're going to, I'm going to give you three things that become critical in your friendships with people. First of all, a friend loves. Now, we're going to start with love. We're going to end with love because that's the heart of friendship. And sometimes what happens is for us, we relegate love to something, well, a man and a woman love each other, and that's where it is. But in reality, as a Christian, all of my relationships can be defined as I love people. Now, I love my wife in a different way than I love other people. But we still love people. So a friend loves. Let's look at David and Jonathan. First Samuel 20, Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow, the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he care- feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I'll let you know. But if he's angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. Used to be. Jonathan was aware. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of all the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, may the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. So at the heart of friendship is love, your willingness to love somebody else. Now, that shouldn't be an understatement for us. That should be something we understand because the, the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart sold. Second, like to it, love your neighbor. Love others like you love yourself. It's a love that goes beyond 
what is normal. It's a love that you're willing to give to somebody else. And let me just redefine it for you again. Love is a choice. It's a choice that you make. Love is more, much more than a feeling. Now, hopefully, there's feelings there. But love is basically your choice to care for somebody, to love somebody as much as you love yourself. That's a real battle for a lot of us. And that's part of the heart of God. Now, so that we're clear, and I seem like I keep doing this, but it just feels like the days and times that we live in, I just have to. Here's the biblical definition of love, just so we understand what love is. It's patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. Boy, I lost a bunch of people right there, didn't I? It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, you and I as Christians should just have that stamped on our mind. If I'm going to love somebody, this is the definition. I don't get to define love. The world doesn't get to define love. God has defined love for us. And that definition doesn't change. So that if I say I love somebody, I have to go to this definition to back that up. So when I'm talking about a friendship, I love somebody as a friend, this is the definition. This is what I mean when I say I love them. This is how I treat them. Now, here's the wonderful thing about all of this. As a Christian, you get to love everybody. So in other words, you should be acting like this towards everyone, correct? We all have a little way to go, don't we? So, a friend loves. Secondly, a friend is loyal. It's loyal. In other words, I will have my love for you be there time after time again. You can count on me. I care about you. Again, let's look at Jonathan and David. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way that he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all of Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. 1 Samuel 20, as long as that son of Jesse is alive, you will never be king. Saul talking to Jonathan. Now go and get him so I can kill him. Why should I be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan. It was a habit Saul had gotten into. He hurled his spear at David. Didn't like what you said? I'll just throw a spear at you. Intending to kill him. Now, you have to be pretty angry and pretty upset in order to kill your son. So at last, Jonathan realized that his father 
was really determined to kill David. And Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that second day of the festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior toward David. Loyal to David in spite of what his father said, in spite of what his father did, he was willing to lay aside his right to the throne in honoring David. Now, notice something. As you read the whole story, here's something you have to recognize and don't miss it. David never once asked Jonathan to betray his dad. Never once did he say, hey, uh, if you like me, you need to kill him. You see, now I'm going to try to put this delicately. You can never say to somebody, or you should never say to somebody, well, if you're going to be my friend, you can't be their friend. And if somebody ever says that to you, say goodbye to them. They're insecure, they're immature, and they're not a Christian. Friendship is not exclusive. Well, if you like me, you can't like them. No, it doesn't work that way. And so friends are willing to love each other and don't, doesn't matter well, that person doesn't like me and I don't like them, so if you're going to be my friend, you can't like them either. That's just childish. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in the time of need. In other words, no matter how you behave, I will still love you. No matter what you do, I will still love you. Proverbs 20, verse 6, many will say they're loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? It's not one-sided. It's something that I'm willing to do. I'm willing to give. That's what love does. Love never ends. I will be loyal in this. I will be your friend no matter what. That's what Jonathan said to David. David, my, my dad's wrong. I understand that. And so, David, I'm still going to be loyal to you. I know what this is going to cost me. I know what this means. But you're still my friend. And I will still be your friend no matter what. We good so far? Whether you like it or not, you understand it though, right? Okay. A friend is liberal. Now, I know for some of you that word just chills up your spines and you can hardly write it because of what you're thinking. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a liberal. A friend just keeps giving. Just keeps giving. Doesn't keep a record. That's what love does. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs, does it? You can never, well, I'm the, oh, this is all one-sided. I'm the one always giving. If you feel that way, then you don't really love. Samuel, 1 Samuel 23, one day near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Zip to search for him and to kill him. And Jonathan went to find David and encourage him to stay strong in his faith in God. Wow. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel. I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware 
So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horish. David, I know what's going on here. I know where you're going to be. I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to just keep giving to you. I know the kingship would rightly be mine, but I don't have to have it. Our relationship is more important than me having a position. I'm willing to give. I'm big-hearted. I don't keep track of everything. I'm long-suffering. I'm willing to forgive over and over and over again. Well, what if they just keep hurting me? Love never gives up. Now, that doesn't mean you put yourself in a place where you're just going to be hurt all the time. It means that you're willing to keep loving in spite of the results of somebody else, but that does not mean you have to keep putting yourself in a place to be hurt. Where it's difficult for us to do that. We think, well, if I'm going to get hurt, you can't be my friend. You wouldn't do that. We hurt each other all the time, don't we? We don't even have to work at it, do we? Some of you are oblivious to that, but let's just give you a clue here right now. See, I'm willing to go on. I'm willing to forgive no matter what. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 17. Love prospers when a fault is forgiving, but dwelling on it, dwelling on it separates close friends. Ephesians 4.2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Here's the deal. A friend tolerates you when you act like a human. A friend is still your friend when you're just being you. A friend keeps loving no matter what. So this friendship is steadfast. It's it's loyal. It, It is liberal, willing to give and to keep giving. And it's based on love, my love for people, my love for God. I will be a friend. Now, by this definition, we've just eliminated most relationships in most people's lives. But as a Christian, that's what godly friendship is like. Let me, let me go on to the next one. A friend is spiritual. Spiritual. Again, David and Jonathan. As soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. And at last, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. And David left and Jonathan returned to the town. A friend is one who stands by you because spiritually they see things differently than everybody else. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so friends sharpen a friend. All of us need to be sharpened in life. A friend makes you stronger. Proverbs 12, 26, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. A friend is not a friend if they give you ungodly advice. A friend is someone who helps you grow spiritually. Now, you have all kinds of people in your life that can be friends. Friends. 
but your Christian friends, the friends that should be the closest to you, are those friends that will help you become a better Christian, help keep you on track, who will call you out on certain behaviors. (laughs) You see, here's the world today. Well, if you really love me and care for me, then you would agree with me for and accept me and just for whatever I do and however I am. Hey, I'm your friend. I love you. But that type of behavior is wrong. That's a good friend. But yet if somebody does that to us, well, if that's the way you feel, then we just don't have anything in common anymore. We just don't, won't do anything. Right? It's kind of the way it works. But yet a true friend is someone who will be looking you in the face and look you in the eye and will stay loyal to you and stay with you in spite of your sins, in spite of your wrongs, and won't agree with it, but will call you out on it, but still be your friend. I would guess that most Christians don't have those kinds of relationships as much as they should in their life. Because we tend to eliminate people who don't agree with us. Well, you just got to accept me for as I am. Well, you know what? The beauty is this. God accepts you as you are, but He loves you too much to let you stay that way. He expects you to change. He expects you to be different. Well, pastor, does that mean... uh, I I, I got this friend, and they're not a Christian. Can I have friends who aren't Christian? Sure you can. Let me give you four things, though, to understand. It's not in your notes, but let me just give them to you really quick. If you've got a good friend who's not a Christian, there's four things you have to understand about that relationship. Number one, you have to stand for what you believe. If your relationship for that person causes you to compromise what you believe, that person is not your friend. You've got to be able to stand for what you believe. Secondly, you need to set an example. You have to understand, they're not a Christian. I am. I better be living my life so that they can watch it closely and still see that I'm going to honor God in everything that I do and say. Thirdly, I'm not going to hide my faith. I need to share what I believe. That doesn't mean that every time I'm with them, I have to talk about Christ. It does mean that they've got to know where I stand and what I believe. And I can do that in a way without condemning them but standing for what I think. This is what I believe. This is how I live. This is why I operate this way. And then I need to stay a proper distance away. In other words, they're not my best friend. They might give advice, but their advice isn't going to be godly advice. Some of their advice might be good, but it's not godly. And so a friend will be faithful in love at all times, but it doesn't mean they're going to overlook wrongs. It doesn't mean they're, they're going to say, oh, well, that's just the way you are. Let it. No, no, no. A friend still loves you, and they love you so much that they're willing to be honest with you and open with you and confront you when your behavior goes against what Scripture teaches and what God wants. And when you fail, they keep loving. They keep giving. Jonathan David went through a horrible circumstance and situation. I mean, think about it. The king is there. His son Jonathan is there. Heir to the throne. Upset. A dad who's a maniac in essence. And yet they still care for each other, love each other. They still worked around the situations and the circumstances. They kept being loyal. They kept being steadfast. And so you and I have to understand 
a friend will be spiritual. I need people in my life who are spiritual people who will be honest with me and care for me and love me in spite of my humanness. And so do you. Well, it's really quiet now. God shows us how to be his friend. God says, I want to be your friend. I love you. I care for you. I want us to have a relationship together. Three things. Number one, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How to become a friend of God? It's very simple. I begin with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. If you're not a Christian, you're not a friend of God. That friendship with God begins with accepting Jesus Christ and what He did on a cross for us, believing in Him and accepting Him into our life, and that begins a great friendship. Secondly, you have to reject the world reject the world. And by the world, we're talking about the world. It's philosophy. It's way of thinking. All of us battled worldly thoughts, wrong thoughts against God. Psalm 25, the Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. He teaches them His covenant. John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. It's much more than taking a bullet for you. It's me taking my life, not having to have my way, not having to demand that things go like I want them to go, and laying that down so that I can love others more than I love myself. John writes in John chapter 15, you're my friends if you do what I command. And then James adds this, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You can't be both. You can't love the things of this world and what this world offers and what this world says and what it does. You can't allow its influence to influence you to follow its ways and its way of thinking, its way of acting. You have to come to that place where you've accepted Christ, and now what you do is you allow your life to be fully, wholly devoted to God. And you care about Him. You care about His ways and your relationship with Him. Thirdly, friend of God, resolve to live with love for others. Resolve to live with love for others. We read this, but I don't think we take it seriously enough. 
1 John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. What does it mean by knowing God? Jesus talked one day and said when he was going to judge the world, people will come and say, well, we did this in your name and this in your name and this in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, I didn't even know you. You know God. Why? Because you keep doing anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now, he's just set the bar way up here, hasn't he? He's just said, look, this is how relationships work. This is how your love works. This is what I'm asking of you. I'm going to be your friend. I want to be your friend. I'll be long-suffering with you. I'll loyal to you. I love you. I care for you. I'll do everything I can for you. I'm going to be honest with you. We're not going to just cover things up. I love you too much to do that. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son in the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, and pay attention here. Friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. That's pretty blunt. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. I'm writing to remind you, we should love one another. This is not a new commandment but one we've had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And He has commanded us to love one another just as you heard from the beginning. God says, you're my friends. No matter what you do in life, God will always love you. Always. He cares for you. No matter what you do, He will always be there for you. But it doesn't mean He lets you act however you want. So we have to ask ourselves two very important questions. First one, am I a friend of God? Am I loving God more than I love the world? More than having my way? More than thinking I'm right? More than doing what I want? Have I accepted Jesus Christ in my life? Do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and being? Second question, do I love others? Do I love others? Not just a select few. Not just the ones who I kind of get along with. But if Christ lives in me, do I act like that? And do I have friends who I love? And do I allow people to be close to me, to be my friends, who can be honest with me, who will not always just accept everything I say and do because, well, you're my friend, so you should just accept me as I am, and you should never challenge me, and you should always agree with me, and you should always, you know, do what's best for me. 
That's not a friend. And will you allow people to be in your life who care for you, who love you? And will you be in other people's lives? And will you love them? So is your relationship with God such that you can say, God's my friend. I've accepted him. I don't like what's in the world. And I love others. And I want to be a friend of others. And I want to develop relationships out of those, that love that God wants me to have for other people. Where are you at with that? What is it today you need to ask God about? to help you with. So would you just take a moment, just right where you are, just you and God, and say, God, here I am. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I need you to help me with today. it's just hard for me to believe today that you're my friend that's just incredible and I thank you today that I can say that because I know that I've accepted Christ as my Savior and I know that I work daily to love you more than I love the world and love me and Lord would you help me to love others the way that you do Would you help me to be the friend to people like you do? Would you help me to be like you? There may be some here this morning who are asking you into their lives because they recognize that they don't know you, but they need you. They want to accept what Christ has done for them. Christians today who've kind of isolated themselves because people have done things they maybe don't like or don't agree with or you know they just felt like it was wrong and inappropriate but God you still call us to love love's hard would you help us to make the choice to love you and to love others because that's what you demand of us help us I pray to be that kind of friend In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.